are live. Hi everyone and welcome to the Spirit World Center. This is a first actually. We're starting to do the live stream live and um, with video. So we have our nice new camera, we have our studio set up. It, uh, it should be a lot of fun to, uh, to deliver these kind of uh, nightly talks and lectures and answering questions and really talking a lot about uh, well, a lot of different things. Uh, so um, thank you for joining us. If it's your first time here at the Spirit World Center, what we are about is training people in how to work with the spirit world, how to work with the spirits in a number of different ways, uh, from shamanic training to also working with the spirits uh, through intuition and witchcraft and also through something we call spirit craft, which is working with the spirits in a ceremonial and, and kind of a meditation-based way that kind of turns you into a modern druid. So that's, uh, that's some of the things that we have going on here. And uh, so I encourage you to check out the website. It's spiritworldcenter.com. Now let's jump into the, into the heart of what we're talking about tonight. And that is, what is a spiritual awakening? A spiritual awakenings are common. They tend to happen to people at some point in their life. And it can be, let's, let's be honest here, it can be absolutely brutal. It can be a very difficult thing to face and to experience, right? A lot of people, they think, oh, I'm having this spiritual awakening. I've woken up. Everything is going to be glorious and great from here. I'm a spiritual person now. <laughs> and unfortunately... It doesn't, it's not easy, okay? Because you're going to feel the entire former person who you were ripped apart, that ego shredded. And this can be a very painful process, but ultimately it's necessary and it is absolutely beautiful and wonderful. So let's look at what a, a spiritual awakening is and the steps that it goes through. So first off, the way that your spiritual awakening tends to go is it tends to, you know, you tend to be in equilibrium, right? You're in an equilibrium state for a long time. And that can be your entire life, nearly your entire life. It can be, you know, until you're 30. It can be, uh, it can be until any time. And then that equilibrium is shattered. That equilibrium is shattered by some chaos coming in, some new thing that occurs, which causes you to have to step up, that, ha that forces you to realize something, to have an epiphany, or to prove yourself to yourself. And this can be a very, very challenging thing especially when it's your first spiritual awakening. Okay, here's the thing. When you, after your first spiritual awakening, right, that's not the end. You're going to have many, many more throughout your life. And it's kind of like moving up steps, right? Each step, you're in equilibrium, and then chaos is injected. And then you rise to the occasion, and you become that more elevated person, and you move on to the next step. But that first step, that first step is so difficult 
because your ego at that point is like a horse that has never been broken, right? It is wild and it is not too happy about any kind of change being inserted into its life, right? The ego, the ego is essentially the operating system of your body, right? You are a spiritual being who came into this physical life and you came into this physical body. Your body is very much like the computer, like a computer, okay? It is the hardware that everything runs on. But then there is the software that is running on that computer, right? The software running on the hardware. That is very much your mind, right? That is what we refer to as the ego. And the ego, you have a monkey ego, right? You have a primate ego that goes along with your primate body. And so, of course, it is not you. This is a very important thing to recognize, okay? You came into this experience, into this life, and you have a primate body, and you have a primate operating system, this mind. And so it's very much like, you know, you turn on your computer, that's your body. And then all the programs installed, you know, your Internet Explorer, your, um, uh, your um, calculator, your, um, you know, all, the, all this stuff, your word processor. This is all just different programs running on that hardware. In the same way, like when you notice with mindfulness meditation, with mindfulness meditation, what you'll notice is that, you know, you realize that you... The true you is actually this awareness at the back of your mind that is not doing anything. It's not engaged in anything. It's just experiencing what is going on in front of it. And when you're engaging in mindfulness meditation, you'll see that your mind is constantly doing stuff. That's its job, right? It's constantly creating ideas, talking about things, thinking about things, and otherwise uh, just making itself busy. This is the program. This is like Windows or, or um, any kind of operating system going on and just operating, okay? And the important thing to realize is that your mind, your ego, is not you. It's not the true you. It is just like the body. It is a mental suit that you have taken on just as you have taken on a body suit. Now, this is important because your ego is um, very happy being the way it is, right? It doesn't want to be updated. It doesn't want to be tinkered with. It is, is very content. But a spiritual awakening comes through because your higher self and those spiritual aspects of you want to come through. They want to come change things, right? They, you came into this life with a certain goal, a certain, um, uh, something that your higher self wanted to achieve, okay? And if you get lost in the physical and if you get lost uh, following your ego, you're not going to achieve that. So sometimes the, the spiritual side of you, your higher self, it comes through, it comes through with an intervention, right? And it comes through with this, this event or this realization or this situation that has to, that really is thrust to your attention. And that situation, of course, 
is going to make you start to question the ego, start to question the physical and say, okay, wait a minute, maybe there's something more to this reality. And this is very much an initiation event, right? And it can come in various, like many different ways. It can come through as, um, well, as a challenge that you have to deal with. It can come through as some form of loss. It can come through as, um, as something that needs to be overcome. It can come through also as a really deep realization about something that really touches you in an impactful way and just you're, you're never the same after that, okay? And once you have that initiation event, then the wheels start turning and you're able to give your ego a bit of a run for its money, right? You start to be able to reclaim control from the ego. But it's always roughest the first time because that ego has never been challenged. It is like that horse that has never been broken. It's wild still. And this is why in yoga, of course, yoga literally means to yoke, to yoke the mind. Uh, in other words, in, in yoga, the mind is, is the, uh, the metaphor being used there is that it's like an ox, right? And that ox is uh, being yoked so that it can pull a plow, right? And so it can be useful. But before that, it's very wild. And so you have to slowly tame that ox until it eventually uh, becomes something that can be worked with in a reliable manner. Well, this first time for, with a spiritual awakening that you are taming your ego and challenging the beliefs of your ego, this can be, yes, incredibly difficult and um, and frustrating and heartbreaking and all of this. But it is worth it because it gets better from there. Now, one thing that people sometimes think is that their spiritual awakening is the only one that they're ever going to have, that they've gone from a materialistic person to now a spiritual person. Here's the thing. Your spiritual awakenings will never end. They will just keep going and going and going. You will have spiritual awakenings and epiphanies and growth opportunities and realizations and groundbreaking things throughout your entire life until you die. And after your first spiritual awakening, here's how it's going to go. It's the stair metaphor right? You're going to be in a new equilibrium. You've had that first awakening. You're in that new equilibrium. And now you're going to have some stability for a number of months or a year or longer, or perhaps even shorter. It could be a week. Okay. And after that time, you are going to feel something happen. And this is chaos being injected within that equilibrium once again. It's your higher self. It's your spiritual part of you saying, okay, you learned your lesson. You integrated it. You've been working with it. Now it's time to take on the next step. And of course, your ego and you are going to be like, oh, come on. I just got comfy. But it is a challenge. It is the call to adventure. If you go with some of Campbell's uh, material, it's the call to adventure. It's that call to, uh, you know, to take the sword and go slay the dragon. This is the next dragon. And you can then rise to the occasion. 
you're going to prove yourself to yourself, you're going to learn something, you're going to work with something new, realize something new, have an epiphany. And then the goal after that is to internalize that epiphany once more, to bring it into yourself, to bring it into your body, to bring it into your mind, to really embody it within yourself. And then that is, you know, you're at the new equilibrium, right? And then, okay, you're riding around at that new equilibrium, and eventually there's going to be the new insertion of chaos, the new challenge that you're going to uh, to come up on. And when I say challenge, right, I really mean something that can be quite um, quite small. It's not like a it's not like a big challenge. Like it's not you know you don't literally have to go slay a dragon. It can be just realizing a certain inner discontent. And then it's like, okay, I am not comfortable or I'm, I've, I've realized a blind spot that I've had for a long time. Now what do I do with it? And that could require you to go and grab a whole ton of self-help books and start delving into it. You know, start watching YouTube videos and start seeing what people are talking about regarding this topic. All of these things can, um, can help you to overcome an obstacle or a realization or problem that is in your way. Because really, you know, spiritual awakening, it is these, these problem solvings, right? Uh, you're, you're realizing a blind spot and then you're rising to the occasion to fix it. Or some new issue is in, injected into your life that creates a learning possibility uh, for you. And, uh, and so it really is about rising to the occasion and learning. So if you are in, if you feel that you are entering into a spiritual awakening I would say that you definitely want to be ready for the fact that it's not going to be all flowers and butterflies right there is going to be a certain amount of struggle but here is the one thing that I have found about the spirits throughout my entire time working with them. They never send you anything that you can't handle. They may, if they told you what they had planned for you, you probably would tell them, no, 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 no. I am not ready for that. I am absolutely not ready for that. Um, maybe, you know, talk to me in a year after I've done some study, studies, done some more meditation, because I'm, I'm not ready right now for that. But you are ready. You'll you will never feel ready, but the spirits will know that you are ready. And they will never throw anything at you that you don't feel ready for. So that that should give you some sense of safety. <laughs> now, I want to share with you a story of a the spiritual awakening that really impacted my partner Laova and I very deeply when it happened. And that was the the spiritual awakening that occurred when we when we first started dating actually. Um my partner Laova and I, we met on uh, <laughs> we met on online dating, and we were living about an hour apart from each other. 
and we had been uh, we'd been dating for about a month and she's she was she is a professional artist and she had been doing this uh, this workshop on um, working with uh, with uh, collage and when she's doing art she enters into trance very very easily and she had been doing an entire day when she was in trance and this really opened her up it really opened up her sensitivities and so she got back to her apartment and she's you know she's done with the collage work and she wants to do more collage right more art so she she sets herself up on the on the living room floor and she just she's full of this frenetic energy and and so she's working and working and and uh eventually she loses track of things and she loses track of time and she actually calls me that night and she's a little freaked out and she's like you know i can't account for the last couple of hours like I'm not quite sure what happened and so I figure she's just kind of loopy she's been in trance right so I do a grounding on her over the phone and then she goes off it's about midnight at that point she goes off and and uh, goes to take a shower and she calls me after the shower and she says I don't know what happened I I'm missing another half hour of time right and uh and she's she's very concerned at this point and i um i'm talking to her on the phone and something happens something comes through she shifts and suddenly it's no longer lava on the line it is something else and it's growling it's making these animalistic snarling noises. It's going. <laughs> and I've never encountered anything like this in my entire life. I've worked with spirituality since I was 12. You know, I've, I've explored so much in the way of the occult and, and the esoteric. And I've heard about this kind of thing, but I've never experienced it. So I'm on the phone and I just start doing what comes to mind, which is saying, you are not allowed to be there. You need to leave. This is not, this is not your vessel. And uh, it eventually leaves, or at least Lava switches back in. And of course, she's visibly upset. She doesn't remember what just happened. And I explain it to her and she's, she's very scared. So I get my, I head over, it's an hour and a half drive, and uh, I, I get there the next morning with my kit. You know, I, I packed absolutely everything that I could think of that would be useful for dealing with this situation, you know, from incense to... What else did I bring? Every talisman that I could think of, different essential oils, a ton of salt, and also big railway spikes that I had that are used within certain traditions for uh, kind of staking out an area and, and protecting it from any kind of negativity. Well, 
So I get busy cleansing the house, you know, or cleansing her apartment. And I had the foresight, and I think I was very much inspired to do this, actually. I had the foresight to bring a little handy cam. And I had that on a tripod. And before I did anything, I set it up in the uh, in the living room. And it was kind of pointed down the hall so you could see the entire apartment. And I'll be completely honest here. I did it for liability reasons. Lauva and I had only been together for a month. And I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, she she's having this this possession event. And I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know if it's going to turn violent. I don't know if someone's going to get hurt. I don't know what's going to happen. So I wanted a record of it for just liability reasons. I didn't know what was going to happen. And this tape is never going to be seen by anyone. But it was very important for me to have this tape because the events that followed, if I didn't have the tape, I might think, you know what? Maybe I had an overactive imagination. Maybe the events that I saw and witnessed, maybe I just got overexcited and I didn't actually see what I thought I saw. And I was just, you know, my observations were off, right? I might have just thought that that was the case. But with the tape, it was confirmation of a whole lot of things. And this will be important later. So I go through and I'm, I'm cleansing the apartment. And I'm, I start by, by sprinkling salt all over the place. And, and salt is very powerful for sending away any kind of negative energies. And then I also go through the, 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 the apartment and I, I'm using incense and I'm, I'm cleansing all around. And on the tape, I didn't know it at the time, but on the tape, you can see Laova following me. And she's following me through the apartment, and she looks drunk. She starts looking drunk. Like, she just starts looking down at the floor and, like, you know, she's, she's almost staggering. And she follows me around. And then when I'm done doing the cleansing, I look around and Lava is nowhere to be seen. And then I see her out on the on the patio, right? Uh, on the other side, some sliding doors. Uh, she's on the the third story of this building. And so I go out there, and she is she's just crouching on the ground. You know, she's she's down on the ground and she has the as I approach her, she has the look of a scared animal. And I know it's not her anymore. And so I kneel down beside her and I say, Who are you? And it it just starts to and it, because it's no longer lava at this point, it starts to stand up and it starts to put its his its leg up on a chair and put its hand on the railing like it's about to climb up and jump over 
And so I'm, I'm like, okay, nope. And I get her in a big bear hug and I, I bring her back in to the apartment. And, and of course she, she starts snarling at me, you know, she's like, <laughs> you know, she's, she starts fighting it too. And, um, I, I'm able to get her inside and I sit her down on a chair and I reach over to, to move the camera so that I can capture what's going on here. And, uh, of course, in that moment, she, she gets up from the chair and makes a run for the front door. And I'm like, oh, no. The last thing I need is for her to get out that front door and into the, you know, the lobby or the foyer of, of this apartment building and, uh, you know, and me have to drag her back into her apartment in front of her neighbors or something like this is the last thing I need. So I, I chase her down and uh, I while she's fiddling with the lock, I'm able to grab her and then bring her back. You know, just I have her in this bear hug, you know, and I, I bring her back in. And I get her down on the ground and I'm just behind her, like have her in this kind of just bear hug, you know, and my legs wrapped around her too, like almost just trying to, uh, to limit the movement. And, um, it was an interesting experience. It was very surreal because it's like, wow, this stuff does happen. And I called upon every favor that I've ever made working with the occult and the esoteric and the metaphysical, any being, any, any deity, any energy, any primordial cosmic being, I called upon them all for help. And it was curious because in that time, I wasn't afraid. I somehow knew that everything was going to be okay. I had no rational reason to suspect that. But I just knew, you know what? Ride it out because everything is going to be okay. I can I can handle this. I can take care of this. And that's what happened. After a time, about 20 minutes or so, I started just talking to the being that was in lava. And I started saying, you know, you're not allowed to be here. And I can understand, though, why you are here. You know, Lauva, she is a beautiful young woman. I can see why she would be a very tempting vessel. But I can promise you that if you stay here, I will make sure that you don't have any fun. I, will, I, I promise you that I will make your life a living hell. I will keep fighting you and keep keep at it and keep annoying you and harassing you until you leave. And at that point, it said the one verbal thing that it said, the one understandable utterance that it said the entire time, and it said, fine. And then, about 15 seconds later or so, Lauva's back. And she has no memory of what happened. She has a very limited memory. She has a memory in which she just felt like she was a single beam within an entire house. 
Like she was no longer in control and she was just hanging out as a very small component within a larger system within that moment. And, um, and so after that, we were very much, you know, inspired. It was like, wow, this stuff actually happens. And we even had, <laughs> we even had video <laughs> evidence of it for ourselves. And here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. And so what, what happened after is that we really decided, okay, this stuff is real. Like all this stuff that I've been studying for so many years and really had no real confirmation of, you know, in my own experience, suddenly it was completely validated. And for Lauva, right, she, she had had a long history of, of, of hauntings and this. And so she had had some validation before. But at the same time, it was this, this thing where she, it really made her want to, to delve into shamanism even deeper as well so that she could understand what had happened, so that she could work with um, that type of thing and if it ever happened in the future, so that she could figure out how to navigate this world that is the spirit world. And so we really started delving deep. And then we realized something. We found out something over channeling later. And that was that this was an initiation. This entire series of events had been an initiation. And that the being that had been within Lauva was actually one of her spiritual guides. It's a being who we've worked with since. And uh, she was never in, in, in danger, right? Everything was a pageant. When she was looking like she was going to get up on the, the balcony and jump off, it was pageant. It was there to freak me out, right? And this is why. Because an initiation is supposed to be frightening. An initiation is supposed to show you what you can handle and who you are and what you can do. And so when this pageantry was going on, it was offering us a choice. It was, it was the spirits seeing what are we like? You know, what is Eric, what are Eric and Lauva like? Are they going to run from this or are they going to double down and delve into this? Because the, the reaction that we could have had to this scary event could have been, well, we're going to burn all of our books and, you know, I'm going to go join a monastery and Lauva's going to join, you know, a nunnery or a, a convent. And, uh, you know, we could have just completely run away from the spiritual and the spirit world. But instead, we, we chose to double down. We chose to, to delve even deeper into what the spiritual worlds have in store, what techniques work. Like, because we had this validation, this is real. Let's take it. Let's go as far as we can with this. Let's go down that rabbit hole because this makes life incredibly exciting and amazing. 
And because of that, we passed the test. We passed the initiation. You know, we could have just shut everything off and just left it all behind. And, but instead, you know, long before we ever met with this being through channeling and, and found out that it was an initiation, you know, long before then, we, we passed because we, we rose to the occasion and we explored and we, we learned new things and we took the challenge that was given to us and we used it as this growing opportunity, something to jump from like a diving board, you know, something to leap off from to go into even greater studies. And so obviously not every spiritual awakening is going to be a possession event. Okay, there's a lot of different kinds of, of spiritual awakenings, and they can come in many, many forms, and there can there's many different sizes as well. Okay, uh, but so, oftentimes it comes as an initiation, it comes as a challenge, and it can be a small challenge, but it's still a challenge. And in that moment, you have the opportunity to rise to the occasion and to show the spirits, but more importantly, to show yourself what you're made of. And let me tell you, you're made of a lot. You are a being of light within this body of flesh. You are a powerful being. You can handle a lot. And let me tell you something. <laughs> when this all happened with the possession event. One thing we know now, the spirits never send us anything that you can't handle. And so the spirits knew that we could handle this, that we could handle this event. That's why they threw it at us. And that's why it was this growing opportunity that was gifted to us. But they're not going to throw you a possession event if you can't handle it. And they're not going to throw, and then of course, look, I don't want to scare you off from the spiritual path. These kind of possession events are incredibly rare, okay? Um, not impossible, but incredibly rare. And, uh, and most spiritual awakenings will be much, you know, much simpler, <laughs> a bit more mundane, even though of a very spiritual nature. And, uh, and so, yeah, this um, the thing to remember is that the spirits will never throw anything at you that you cannot handle. You will be able to handle it. You'll be able to rise to the occasion. And that is an amazing thing because they are offering you this way to level up your life. And if you accept it, if you answer that call, amazing, amazing things will come from it. I look back at who I was and I look back at who I am now and I am incredibly, incredibly thankful for every single spiritual lesson and spiritual challenge that I have ever been sent because it's allowed me to raise myself up to get to new levels of experience and with every leveling up it's just opened up new opportunities and new windows and new doors. And I look back at who I was in my early early and mid-20s with a career job, you know, working in Toronto, 
at a corporate job that was giving me an ulcer. And I look at who I am now. There's no comparison. There's, there's a complete and utter change. And it's because that ego was broken. That ego was broken and I was reshaped. And that is something that is available to anyone. You know, it's not true that you cannot teach an old dog new tricks, right? You can definitely teach an old dog new tricks. It's just that the ego of an old dog is stubborn, especially if it's never been broken. But with enough persistence, just like, you know, you can break that ego. And not like breaking it into a million pieces so it can never be repaired. No, no, you're just, you're just making it accept that it is not going to call the shots all the time and that your spiritual self can come to the fore and can, can control things. And, uh, you know, so it's never too late, okay? I don't care if you're 70. You can have your first spiritual awakening and find meaning and wonder in this world. So I think that's all about uh, spiritual awakenings for today. I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments down below. And, of course, if you have any questions about spiritual awakenings, always feel free to contact contact us at the Spirit World Center. We're always happy to talk, always happy to answer emails. And, uh, of course, if, if you're new here, we have the thespiritworldcenter.com, and uh, that is uh, our main website. That's where we have links to our podcast, as well as uh, things like drum tracks and other resources. We also have the YouTube channel, Spirit World Center on YouTube. We have presences on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. And uh, what else have we got? And then we also have, oh, on the, the website, you can see a list of our various programs. If, you know, here's the thing. If you want to learn about spirituality, right, and about working with the spirit world, keep showing up to these talks you are going to be getting all the core and essential information, okay? That we, we care greatly about getting it out there, right? We have a number of long-standing vows and oaths with the spirits for, getting, for educating the public on these things, right? They care about it, we care about it, so it's, it's really, you know, working together on that. But for, this, for some things, they require more one-on-one -on -one help, one-on-one -on -one guidance. And that is, of course, what we do in our various programs, right? They are all Zoom type, like through Zoom, one-on-one -on -one apprenticeships and mentorship programs. And that allows us to initiate and help a person to really dive down the rabbit hole and create a relationship with the spirits that um, they need to be able to kind of talk to someone who's been there before, right? That's really the essence of mentorship, right? Talking to someone who has been there before so that they can give personalized advice to that person. And so that's what we do through our, um, through our programs. And of course, we have four programs. We have the uh, Shamanic Apprenticeship Program, 18 months to master the essentials of shamanism. And then we have our Spirit Craft Program, our Witchcraft Program, 
and also uh, an intuitive-based program for meeting with your higher self, meeting with your spiritual guides, learning to trust in your intuition, and otherwise uh, connecting with your spiritual side. So everybody, that's all for today. Thank you so much. Um, give this video a like, um, depending on what platform you're watching it on. Uh, everyone, uh, we're having these, uh, these live streams every night at 9 p.m. So at 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, for North America. And uh, we'd love to see you out at them. And if you don't catch, if you don't catch this live, you can uh, find it on the podcast. Um, the Spirit World Center podcast, available on all major podcast apps. So everybody, thank you so much for attending. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Take care. Lots of love and light, everybody. And bye-bye.